This is an exciting episode. It's the introductory episode of Season 5 of Positivity Strategist. It's a particularly special season as it's a collaboration with the Taos Institute, who are partnering and sponsoring this season. We're exploring innovations in the field of social construction, and we're also supporting a significant publication by Sage Publications on this topic. Our focus is constructionist practices as social innovation. I'm Robin Stratton-Burkessel, the creator, host and producer of this show. Our future guests are Taos Associates, scholars, researchers and practitioners who are active in this field and have contributed chapters to the SAGE Handbook of Social Constructionist Practice. Therefore, to start the show, what could be better than to hear from two of the editors of the book? I'm speaking with two wonderful collaborators, Dr. Sheila McNamee and Dr. Celiani Carmago Borges. Both are board members of the Taos Institute and are two of the four editors of the book we're featuring in this season. Sheila and Celiani are both university professors in their other lives. And Sheila is at the University of New Hampshire in the US and Celiani, originally from Brazil, is at the Breda University of Applied Sciences in the Netherlands. They have been guiding members of this special podcast season. It's truly amazing to collaborate with them. And while I'm at it, while I'm giving shout outs, let me also give a huge shout out to Dawn Dole, who's the executive director of the Taos Institute, and to Alex Arnold, who was our outstanding Taos administrator and more. And she has such an eye for detail and she offers such wonderful, brilliant insights that make our job so much easier. Without you all, it would not have happened. My deep gratitude. Let's get started with Sheila and Celiani. How about a bit more context? Let's start by talking about the Taos Institute. And I invite you both, Sheila and Celiani, to offer the story of your relationship with the Institute and what it means to you. Sheila, as the current co-president of the Taos Institute and a co-founder, may I invite you to start? Thank you, Robin. And um, let me add to the shout outs and the thank yous that you mentioned. A big thank you to you for inviting us into this project and into your wonderful podcast series so that we can have these exciting conversations. So thank you. Um, so I am a founder of the Taos Institute. We founded the Institute in 1993. It's a nonprofit educational institute, and the purpose is to uh, spread social constructionist theory and practice uh, in a variety of different practice domains, uh, healthcare, education, politics, communities, organizations, on and on, anything that you can think of, basically. And we started as a very humble, small group of co-founders, um, just uh, more or less playing with each other, 
having opportunities to come together. We hosted a conference. That's what really kickstarted the Taos Institute. After our first conference, we decided to become an institute and continue to gather people who were interested in social constructionist ideas and looking at the world and how we operate in the world from a relational perspective as opposed to what the sort of default has been for us, which is looking at ourselves as self-contained individuals, just looking out for ourselves and trying to climb the ladder and be successful and so forth. So um, over the years, and it's been more than 25 years now, um, we have offered all sorts of things like educational programs, diplomas, PhDs, master's degrees. We've offered workshops and conferences. We publish books. We give small grants to associates of the Institute so that they can engage in some really amazingly innovative projects. And so much of, of what we do as an Institute is actually captured in this forthcoming book that you mentioned and that this series is featuring. So, yeah. Yeah, that's wonderful. Thank you, Sheila. But what does it mean to you? You know, the Taos Institute is, is a child to me. <laughs> it's, uh, it really is. I, I think uh, people ask me, when are you going to retire? And, and I think, I can't, you don't retire from motherhood, from parenthood. <laughs> it's always there. So how could I possibly step away? The Taos Institute is, oh, it, it is my life and breath, I would say. Um, it is the place that I can, as long as, as well as all our colleagues, can also explore and be creative and innovative and, you know, try to do things differently. As a university professor in my, you know, full-time job, um, I try to do as much of the breaking of the rules there, too, as I can, but it's not always so easy. And so this is, it's really a playground and it's a place to, it's a community. The Taos Institute is a community of people who um, are caring and collaborative, interested and interesting, and extremely welcoming. I don't think I've ever been part of a group that has been as welcoming and as warm and as creatively productive as the Taos Institute. Hmm. And Celiani, you're also a board member and you fulfill many roles also at the Taos Institute. So um, let's hear your story. How did you get started and what does it mean to you? Yeah. So thank you, uh, Robin, for being part of this exciting project. Um, we are here um, opening up the podcast, which also is an unfolding of the, the book project. And um, it's really exciting to be here talking about it. And uh, I'm hearing here the story of Taos starting from, from Sheila's perspective. And I never get tired of uh, listening to those stories. And um, I came in a bit later, uh, I would say around 2005. And um, I was in Brazil doing my master uh, research at the University of Sao Paulo and in our research group in the psychology faculty, we were searching for relational approaches to, to research. And we found some authors and of course we found Sheila, Sheila McNamee. And that was the beginning of a love story, I would say. 
<laughs> since then uh, we have been uh, going to to Sheila uh, in New Hampshire. Uh, I had first two friends who were doing already their PhD. They lived there. Then I went, and after me, other students. And that was the beginning of our relationship with the Taos Institute, and especially with Sheila. Uh, and um, and since then, it's just growing. And uh, as Sheila said, uh, the Taos community is a very engaging and welcoming community. So the day we wrote Sheila, it's very funny because um, we were so surprised that she replied to us, I think, in the very same day. And we were talking about possibilities to go and study with her. And she was just saying, yeah, sure. Why don't you come? And we were what we here in South America she has no clue who we are and she's already uh, so open to to be engaging with us so I think that's um, this is the signature of uh, of the Taos Institute I would say yes well um, I've already spoken to a number of the authors who will be featured in our upcoming um, episodes and all of them have shared that same sense of community and collaboration and care and it's such a freeing wonderful community to be part of so um, um, that's fantastic now both of you might like to chime in here still talking about um, the Taos Institute and what it means to you and its developments um, across the world I mean it, it truly is a global organization um, I'm wondering if there are any significant developments that come to mind that um, just over the years that you've either been part of or you've been really excited about um, if anything pops up for you? Yeah, um, I would say there's a group of associates uh, and this is how things happened. You, you know, it, uh, the board doesn't need to uh, have all the ideas and get things going. The associates are just so full of uh, great ideas and enormous energy. And one group of associates a few years ago, maybe about three, started uh, a group they call the International Relational Research Group Network, I think. And um, it's really wonderful. They, recognizing that people live all over the world who are connected with the Taos Institute and interested in these ideas, they wanted to have conferences, but they realized that would be quite difficult for everybody to attend. So they started doing virtual online conferences where uh, it would extend for two or three days and people could, would be in breakout groups and different speakers would come. And, and out of those meetings and out of the conversations that continued have continued after each one of these more public events, people uh, collaborate on new projects together. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the projects are uh, very local to a, a particular community that is in need of something. And so, you know, these ideas inspire people to think about ways of helping their community. And I think that that's been, you know, one of the more wonderful things that have emerged. But I, of course, could name probably many 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 additional ones as well yeah there's so many i was just um i was thinking about one i'm always inspired by which is the diploma program uh it has started a couple of years ago and 
as an initiative that unfolds from some of our educational programs, which is, um, it is, a, how can I even put that? <laughs> it, it, you know, sometimes you have some projects in mind you would like to develop, but there might not be a place uh, in a, a traditional university to, to do or in a traditional research institute. And this diploma program um, invites and encourages people who have this ideas in mind and they would love to to create something new and we accompany them on their creative innovative ideas to do something different that could be uh, a research could be writing a book could be starting something completely new and to me this is one one example of some of the initiative that taos comes up with and slowly starts flourishing um and um and this is, yeah, is one that I really, really like it. Mm. Yes, it seems to be, you know, a um, part of the ethos is around self-organizing. And if you have energy for something and then you find collaborators, who knows what might emerge as a result of those, you know, those ideas coming together and being open to those ideas. Yeah, exactly. I think there in a way we could think of the Taos Institute as sort of a clearinghouse of uh, a place that, you know, people can come and say, Oh, you're interested in what I'm interested in. Let's get together and do this. And, uh, and that that's ha taken form in, in many different ways, you know, with the PhD program that we have had um, at the moment, it's uh, in a, a stall place uh, for because of the universities that we collaborate with have changed their rules and regulations and so forth. But for two decades, at least, um, mm -hmm. practitioners who had very exciting projects could, could pursue those projects and receive a PhD for that. And that the energy behind that for the people who were participating in that program, and there are well over 100 who have received their PhD mm -hmm. that way. Um, that that has been really exciting too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So for those people who might be listening here and um, are still wondering what are they, what social construction or social constructionism and social constructionist practices, um, you know, when you're immersed in this context, um, it's second nature. But I'm just wondering if you are introducing or for example, you might be at a cocktail party or at a tennis match or somewhere and someone says, you know, what lights you up or what do you do? And you say social constructionism. Um, how do you respond to that? Either one of you or both of you? <laughs> I get the question all the time and not so much at cocktail parties, more like on airplanes. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. And uh, sometimes it depends. If I don't feel like talking at the moment, I say I'm a psychologist and that just ends everything. But in <laughs> fact, I'm not a psychologist at all. Um, and so the, for me, a very easy way to explain social construction is to talk about what my discipline is, which is communication, mm -hmm. human communication. And social construction basically says that we create our world, we create our values, our beliefs, our truths, uh, our rights, our wrongs in interaction with other people. So instead of, you know, saying that we are born 
with a certain identity, uh, our identity actually emerges through the interchange of conversation and interaction with others. So we are different people in different relationships. We aren't singular beings, we're multi-beings. And once we realize that relational quality, that, that it's from our relationships that everything that we take to be true, everything we value emerges, if we see the world that way, then we recognize, first of all, that we have so many different relationships and therefore we must have so many different resources for action so many different values and beliefs and truths and so we're not singular people and there isn't just one right way to be in the world so what a constructionist really uh re recognizes is that when you confront a challenge you have other resources. You don't have to do things in the way in which you've become accustomed to doing it. You can draw from another relational context to interact. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, if I was sitting next to you on a plane, you'd probably be asleep by now. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering about that. <laughs> oh, but yeah, I mean, I think the, the easy way of saying it is instead of saying that everything that makes us who we are is inside of us, our intelligence, our emotions, our personality. We say everything that makes us who we are is thanks to our relations with others and our environment as well. That's great. Yeah. And that is part of the freeing piece, right? Like, oh, that makes such sense. I am that way when I'm with so-and-so and I'm now yes. a different way when I'm with somebody else. And when I look back to my past, that was a different set of mm -hmm. kind of environmental, cultural impacts there that were influencing me at the time. So it is, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say when you realize this relational quality, this uh, creation, construction quality, it becomes so powerful because um, it's a close connection that you, you, create with this approach it's almost like you embody it it becomes part of your life it's mm -hmm. not those kind of uh of theories that you leave at the door of your office when you go home mm -hmm. <laughs> but you 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 really embrace it in your in your daily life when you realize that well the way you are relating and the way you talk and you love and you hate and you deal with your problems are all this performances that are shaping and create creating our lives and by changing them you can really change your reality so this is to me one of the most powerful things about um, social construction mm -hmm. I can I just add also that um, you know I teach social construction to my students at the university and you know they struggle with it at first and when when they you know really get into it and finally they have an epiphany and then they say why didn't we learn this when we were young? This would make such a difference in the world. And how do we, how do we teach this to other people? And my response always is don't try to teach it to anybody, just be it, mm -hmm. just live this way. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to emphasize that because that's what Celiani was saying, that it really is, it's in the way that we position ourselves towards each other and towards our environment that, that really makes a difference. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And also an invitation to look at the world um, in a more 
relational, connected, uh, and systemic way. So, and this invitation also is towards looking more critically at what is presented to you, while at the same time being more empathic and responsive to others and other perspectives in, in life. Mm. Yeah, and recognizing too that how I'm seeing this is really all about how I'm seeing this in relation to what is happening here. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, others may see it differently. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's exciting stuff. Um, this is why doing this season was really, um, you know, I thought such an opportunity to bring this awareness of this way of being and doing in the world um, it's a gift, I think. So let's talk about let's talk about the book now, because in the book, um, the focus is on a lot of innovations that are emerging in the different areas um, where social construction is being applied. And you know, we talk about research and education, and there's you know, health, mental health, organisation development, um, community development, and so much more. So um, I'm 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 love for you to say you know. Uh, why you think this, you know, why this book now? What's important about it? And who, who's it for? Mm. I, you know, I'd be curious to hear what Celiani has to say, but my story about this, uh, you know, as an academic is that social construction, these ideas really were given birth in the academy. And for decades, you know, the study of relational theory and social construction was, was an academic study. And um, around the, it depends on which group you're looking at, but let's say around the late 70s, 80s, and for some groups, surely back to the 50s, people started putting these ideas into practice. Um, but it was largely outside of the academy and um, in professional contexts. And so over the years, what's happened is more and more people have been, you know, grabbing on to these ideas, using them in all sorts of practical domains. And what's happened is the, the translation of constructionist ideas into practice has really pushed forward our ways of thinking about social construction itself so mm -hmm. that it, it hasn't remained like here's the theory and it hasn't changed, but that it's continually evolving. And our understanding of it, I think, uh, you know, when it was first introduced, people were talking about it as if it were the truth. This is the, the right theory to use. Well, as a social constructionist, uh, you know, who gets to say what the truth is? It, that is negotiated within communities. And so what we wanted to do with this book was really put in one place a, a series of really what we think of as innovative applications of constructionist ideas in practice in a variety of domains so that we could share with the world, with others, and move this even further outside of the walls of academia and more so into the world of practice. Yeah, I agree, Sheila. And uh, also I'd like to pick up on the word uh, innovation. I have been uh, working at my university. We work a lot with innovation 
and we call social innovation, inclusive innovation, transformative innovation. You can find all sorts of um, approaches to innovation. And usually what you, what you see is a bunch of methods and tools and techniques to help professional to, professionals to, to work in their communities, organizations. But what you don't see much is innovation as a way to create or to co-create something new, something that is an outcome of people engaging together and creating it together. And when you look at the social constructionist approach and you see, as we said before, it's, a, it's more a way of looking at the world, a mindset rather than a body of content. Mm. So there's no right way of doing social construction or working with social construction. So there's no such thing as a, a technique that is a social constructionist technique. So by not having them, you encourage uh, creativity, imagination, and people get inspired to experiment new things. And we, what we have been seeing in the Taos community with all our associates and people connected to us, they, they have been experimenting so many areas and creating these new ways of uh, working, these new practices and research that um, we want to show this uh, beyond the Taos community and show to the world. So to me, this book is the opportunity to really have this collection of innovators sharing their practices and inspiring us with uh, what they are doing. Hmm. So how did you go about inviting authors to contribute? Ooh, yeah. That's a tough question. <laughs> we had a huge list of people, huge. Uh, you know, we were, of course, drawing from the Taos Institute Associates. Um, and we, we, we went back and forth and had long conversations. And um, there are many people who should be in this book and who are not, in most cases, not because we didn't ask them, but people were busy. Um, they, you know, couldn't meet the deadlines or they had other projects going on and, and it, it was a it was a difficult conversation because we couldn't have uh, we were limited in how many words and then we had to divide the words by how many chapters and and think in those ter pra practical terms. But you mean um, you had to follow traditional kind of approaches yeah. here. <laughs> we had to we had to follow what Sage told us we had to do. <laughs> so, um, but uh, so of course there are some people we probably didn't think about. Um, I'm sure, but um, we tried our hardest to kind of, you know, cull from everything the four of us knew. We should mention that Mary Gergen and Emerson Hazera are the other uh, co-editors of this volume. So the four of us really brainstormed uh, for quite a long time, several months, trying to come up with, with the list. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes, well, it was a great privilege to be able to speak to some of them. As we know, this podcast will be around for a long time, we hope. Um, but this book, the Sage Handbook of Social Construction is Practice, and you'll find links to where you can get this on the show notes page for positivitystrategist.com slash podcast. If you go to that URL, you'll find links to it. And it is, um, it is available in 2020, towards the end of 2020, um, in case you're listening to this a little earlier than that. 
So just so that you know that you know how to access it. And so you mentioned, I, mean, I think it was you, Celiani, who said that, you know, and I, in fact, both of you, I think, touched on it, what your hope or your intention is with bringing all these resources, all these different innovative ways of showing how social construction is having an impact in different kinds of top contexts. Um, how, you know, is this for students or, I mean, how, how do you, what do you hope to achieve with it? Let me ask you that question again. Um, I'm thinking here, I would say it's, the book is for everyone interested in learning more about uh, social constructionist practices for researchers, for professionals in all sorts of fields, such as organizations and community building and um, therapy. But what I was uh, also thinking this book might be very useful is um, when we are talking about the social construction approach uh, and we say there is no such thing as a, a method or a technique that you, you learn and then you know how to do it, you uh, sometimes you see uh, people very puzzled about, well, I kind of get the ideas, but how do you do it? Mm -hmm. You know, like it's too abstract. Mm -hmm. And I think the book brings some um, cases uh, and ways of approaching the idea and putting to practice that I think it's helpful uh, to, to give more, to make it more tangible. So it makes it uh, easier to, to understand, to get inspired, and to, to start your own project. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that, um, you know, if we go back to the airplane and someone says, you know, what's social construction, and you explain it to them, um, they may or may not really grasp what you're talking about. But if you can talk about just one example of how a group of practitioners has brought together people with diametrically opposing viewpoints on some hot political issue and actually devised and designed and facilitated a process where the outcome of that interaction is that these you know, contentious um, opponents are now really curious about each other they're respectful of each other, and their own black and white views of the issue are now very gray. Um, then if you, can, if you can hear these stories, if you mm -hmm. can see the multiple ways that, for example, in education, uh, the, the education section of the book, everybody who's written a chapter there is not doing the same thing. They've all created different ways to take these ideas and turn education into a collaborative, highly participatory process um, that's based more on appreciation than on negativity, you know, like uh, bad grades and you're not doing well enough and that sort of thing. But each one is different. And so if it's, it's a great way to introduce, if we want people to sort of, as Celiani said earlier, social construction is, is a way of being. It's not really a theory. It's a, just a way of being in the world or what I would call a philosophical stance. Mm -hmm. And if we want people to be able to step into that, for many people, the best way to invite them in is by showing them 
multiple different ways that this is done in different contexts. Yeah, and this is something we really wanted to have in the book. So despite the diversity of the chapters, all the authors, they were told to bring their practices in, not just the ideas, but their stories, how they were doing it. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think it's very illustrative to have such a book where you can count on the ideas, but also how those ideas are unfolded into uh, practices into way of doing that's excellent yeah yeah people are also always asking you know well how do you do it you know i get the what but you know it's the how and um you referenced uh, sheila that there are a number of um sections i think they're called sections so you know we um, we have re research practices so for the different groups who might be interesting well how is this being applied in different arenas so there is research and what else is there there's um i'm just trying to think now you can there's help education yeah. education there's organizational life there's uh, mental health you know therapy social work the helping professions basically there's healthcare, and there's community life okay so there's five or six. There's six. 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 Yeah. Mm -hmm. Great. So um, and going into depth with lots of stories, lots of examples of how this has been done in these different contexts. Super. So um, I'd like to come back now to the Taos Institute and talk about the resources. So, you know, we've got this wonderful book with, all, with um, these particular um examples that people can access and buy this book but if you just go to the Taos Institute, taosinstitute.net there are so many amazing resources that are there so perhaps you could just um giving another plug to the Taos Institute um you know what are some of the things that you would invite people to come along and explore for themselves oh if, yeah if now they're really excited about what they're hearing and I'm hoping they are sure yeah, well, uh, for one, we have uh, we publish books and we have different series, um, but several of the series and most of them are really written toward to practitioners. They're small books, uh, very, uh, very useful, handy resources. We also have a series, a book series called World Share that are free, absolutely free books for downloading. Uh, and they are in many languages, and so that's a great resource, and we have lots and lots of downloads from all over the world on that for those books in that series. We have workshops that we offer. Celiani offers one online um, at least once a year, but most often twice a year, and we, have, we offer conferences. We have small grants for the associates. Um, we have education programs, as Celiani mentioned, the diploma program and journals, newsletters. Yeah. And downloadable articles uh, yeah. for people who are interested. We have videos. We have links to like minded other groups or information that's just might be useful to people. So, yeah, the, the website is loaded with lots of resources. Um, and lots of possibilities for joining in to the Taos Institute and joining in in person uh, in the form of a conference or a workshop. Awesome, yeah. 
Great. Um, so I'm just wondering if there's anything else, Siliana, you might like to um, say as we wind down now, having had like an overview of Taos, your relationship, the book. Oh, just I'm very excited to, to see this project really flourishing and having this podcast together uh, with the book. So it's, it's really a happy moment for us, for the Taos Institute and yeah, for the community. Yeah. And I know, Seliani, that um, somebody has said that um, attending your workshop online was one of the best workshops she's ever done. In fact, she, <laughs> she, she was one of, our, um, one of the guests that's coming up um, from Denmark. Uh, grow Lund. Yeah, yeah. so um, yeah. it's just wonderful. So yeah, so it is a lovely community. All right, then. Well, look, I've had the great pleasure to speak with Sheila McNamee and Celiani Carmago Borges. Perfect. <laughs> it rhymes. I tell you, I'll, I'll give my secret away. It's not my secret. Sheila gave me the secret. It rhymes with gorgeous. There you go. <laughs> uh, so if you wish to connect to them, then once again, go to positivitystrategist.com slash podcast. And there you'll be able to access this particular, this introductory episode, and then the episodes that will be published um, as a result of this one. So this is the first one. So thanks for listening. Thank you for this wonderful collaboration. Let me give another huge shout out to those um, who've helped here, um, you know, Dawn Dole, the executive director, and Alex Arnold, who has been so helpful in dotting the I's and crossing the T's. It continues to be a great project that touches the heart. I'm deeply grateful for my involvement here with you guys. Thank you, Robin. It's been wonderful working with you. And this is just such a, an exciting project for all of us. Thank you for everything. Yeah, thank you, Robin. Thank you for listening to this introductory episode of Season 5 on the topic of social construction. What an honor it was to speak with Dr. Sheila McNamee and Dr. Celiani Carmago Borges, both board members of the Taos Institute and editors of the Sage Handbook of Social Construction as Practice. Be sure to come back next time. My guest is yet another active and long, long contributor to this field of social construction, none other than Dr. Mary Gergen. Mary covers topics of positive aging, feminism, and much more through the lens of social construction. You won't want to miss it.